0: My name is Arham Alam, and this is Swamp Talk, where we swamp the talk and talk the swamp. Today, I am with Dr. Mian, talking about uh, the coronavirus, the pandemic, various treatment options, and what to expect moving forward. So um, if you could just say hi or hello. Hi. Okay. So uh, moving on to the, uh, the question. So I first want to speak... Uh, particularly about statistics. I've uh, I've recently had an increased interest in it, so I wanted to understand from your perspective how has statistics and data collection proven to be useful for track uh, for tracking COVID nineteen. Um,
1: that's a very good question, and actually, the that's the only means because uh, of uh, identifying the case and data collection is the main source uh, for identifying case and testing and uh, data collection uh, combining together other recently we are doing behavioral survey um, of certain population to look at how it uh, you know, how the behavior actually uh, like wearing masks and then you know, social distancing um, the maintaining social can reduce the, the transmission of the virus so that's uh, that's the main state for uh, disease like uh, corona and COVID 19 eventually so um, data uh, collection is the and only main and at the same time data related to testing uh, because if we do not do enough tests we don't know the situation and on the top of that uh, on the top of that uh, we need to uh, do the contact tracing that's another means and that will give us information how it spreads
0: I see so clearly you mentioned the uh, the contact tracing so how moving forward how can statistics improve in order to help medical professionals
1: actually when you say medical improvement medical professional um, helping is two uh, things one is um, one, uh, uh, in one hand, the helping means that you have to uh, whether you want to help the medical professional to serve or you want to help medical professional to protect themselves as well I because see. if they get infected then they cannot serve and uh, on the other hand, yeah, they have to have, uh, I mean med- uh, medical professional helping people to serve, um, so that they get cured mm-hmm. so we need to know that how is the spreading so with that information they can um, have adequate protection for themselves at the same time can help uh, patient um, treating themselves so we have to make sure the medical
0: professionals are safe so that they can save uh, I see. Okay. So, moving on, I would like to talk about public health and particularly uh, the government's response, whether it's federal or the state government's response to the pandemic. How, in your opinion, was the government's response to the pandemic?
1: Mm, uh, to tell you frankly, actually, yeah. Uh Apparently it might looks like that government um, runs not good enough actually government runs by political commitments any government yes yeah. so it's not in USA or so if there is not political commitments uh, enough for certain um, intervention or certain disease condition or anything so uh, we can we cannot see how uh, uh, the government Instruments are working. So, in that perspective, since the nature of the virus was not clear, I think the government was ill-prepared mm-hmm. because we didn't have our government didn't have enough information. The information they had actually sketchy. Here, here, and main source of information was China, and uh, people were not uh, were really skeptical about the information. And it was clear that in New York, California, Texas, the government was not prepared, uh, uh, um, prepared at all for such a huge surge. So they were prepared. Of course, the ignorance and denial of fact played some role for
0: the disaster. I see. So you did mention skepticism in Chinese data. Do you believe that skepticism was warranted? um um since
1: there is no um there are all those are all any data, data so we cannot rely on that uh, but uh, looking at the uh, uh, looking at the pandemic of this disease to other it is becoming obvious that uh, the death rate was much higher in china i don't want to say that you know they hide some data but uh, it looks like there should have been much more um, high uh, percentage of death in China, which was not which was completely masked.
0: I see okay so I would like to look at the coronavirus in a historical lens. So if you could. Could you explain in what ways this pandemic is similar to the early twentieth century Spanish flu?
1: Um you mean whether we are in the second wave or that kind of question
0: you were asking. No, I just want uh, to like compare. Yes, I just wanted to compare because what I've noticed uh in history what occurs is history tends to repeat itself. So I was curious what what have we seen in the past that it that is similar to what we are seeing now? Um, I got you. Uh,
1: this is a long question and, and long, uh, I mean, um, it it will take. Uh, I mean, I can talk ever on on this topic <laughs> because um uh, there are so many information coming nowadays. Even on Spanish flu um, at the beginning of 20th century, at the same time, uh, 21st century, at the same time, uh, about the COVID, there are a lot of similarity, but and dissimilarity. Mm. Both Spanish flu and COVID are a novel virus which means that no one had any information before that it came. I see.
0: Number
1: one. Number two the population was not immune to both of these viruses. okay number three it was organized the spanish flu was originated in usa but covid was originated in china china uh, politically now we have different relations so from usa we got a lot of information out and we got accurate information that time though the situation was different it was war time mm-hmm. but at the uh, in COVID situation there was apparently there was no war but there could be some war like economic type kind of war but that was another perspective um and uh, another thing that uh, the uh, Spanish flu was actually originated from bird, but the COVID is, uh, from animal. Okay. And uh, total about fifty million people died. Uh, although the numbers are very uh, not, uh, there is no authentic source. Uh, and in USA alone, six hundred seventy-five thousand people died in Spanish flu. The fatality rate was 2%. But what we are seeing in COVID, already in some places, it reached 5%. In USA, 2.16% death rate. At present. Mm-hmm. And case, this is, uh, case detection is much higher in COVID situation because now we can detect asymptomatic case. But in the Spanish flu, we couldn't detect. So the denominator change that how many people died from cases because in Spanish flu, we never knew uh, and there is no tech, technology to detect the cases. Now we can detect the cases. So that it's very difficult to compare because we cannot have apple to apple I from see. Spanish flu to our, now we are in this uh, information super highway and people get information in a blink so but that time the information was not enough then on the there was another factor uh, which contributed much in the spanish flu because that was the war time so uh soldiers were moving from place to place the place were very crowded that time the housing condition of the population was really bad very poor So, these are the factors contributed so much. And they had like isolation, quarantine, uh, then disinfectants and reduced gathering. All those things were there also during the Spanish flu, but that was not enforced that time. Another big difference in the Spanish flu, the Middle East people affected more. That means 20 to 40 years. uh, and we can we can see a lot of mortality in below five years and above 65 years. Mm-hmm. But surprisingly, in COVID, we don't see any, um, you know, child mortality. Mm-hmm. And middle age is uh, already escaped, look like. I Only see. 60 and above people are affected. So there are a lot of differences between these two things. And uh, it will be very difficult to compare. The people are talking about second wave because in the Spanish flu, what happened when the first uh, wave came and the infection rate went down. So people thought that, okay, everything is gone. And they were so reluctant. The second wave came and that killed more people than the first wave. So that's oh, why I people see. are very afraid of COVID virus, what will happen if the second wave comes. The problem is we may not be may not have the second wave. It will merge from first wave to second wave, and we won't be able to distinguish because it's the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Some of the some part of the world they have already certain low level of um, infection. Mm-hmm. So eventually they if they have it. To them, particularly, it could be second wave. But if you consider pandemic, that means worldwide, we may not have at all um, second wave. It will be
0: always like a wave going on. I see. Okay. Now, my final question is, what do you believe a post-quarantine or post-pandemic society will look like?
1: So, you were asking basically the post
0: COVID society. (laughs) Yes. Yes, essentially. (laughs) Yeah,
1: right. Actually, as a societal human being, we are learning, uh, we have actually, we are learning a lot from COVID from healthcare management, then interaction, including meeting, office research, and many more. It is a teaching for us. Actually, um, basic thing we are learning. How many things we can do without? You know the phrase. Actually, it was Socrates saying, "How many things I can do without?" So I'll put that as "How many things we can do without." We are learning a lot. I see. We can. We we don't need to go. Uh, some of us don't need to go to office. Mm-hmm. Some of us don't need to go to. Uh, go for window shopping.
0: Mm-hmm. some
1: of us, you know a lot of things are happening, and we now we are now able to figure out which of these things we can actually avoid. A strength may not work at all that way the way it is now. so uh, we are learning it all. I don't know whether it's good or bad, I but see. certainly um we are there will be some psychological trauma by this. But since I'm not a psychologist, I cannot comment on that.
0: Yeah, yes,
1: But I certainly, there will be a whole lot different the world we have living. But funny thing about human race is they adapt so quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we may come back to our normal life very quickly. Um, it could be in a month or so um we can come back to
0: our normal life normal means a pre-covid situation i see okay well thank you so much for doing this uh podcast with me um it really means a lot to me so that i can inform other people about the pandemic and at least provide some more insight and hopefully some calm too so again thank you so much and to uh, those of you listening, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, please stay tuned for more podcasts upcoming. And with yep, that. Thank have you for done. having me. Yes, th- thank you. Okay.